Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Man, I, as we were singing that song, I, I was thinking um, how he, there's, there's a crazy story in the scripture where the apostle Peter was, he came over to this house that he was not supposed to be at because they were those kind of people, all right? And uh, he went in there and he just, he just started preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it said that, that, that as he was preaching, the spirit of God just fell down on the people that were in there and they just started freaking out for Christ. And it was amazing, Amen. Well, it sounds like that might have happened over here, but what about over here? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord, man. That's what I'm talking about. So, so check this out. We, we are, um, I'm expecting that, man. I don't know about you, but I'm expecting it. All right? I'm really, really, truly expecting it. You see, I, I'm, just, I'm just a messenger like the rest of you here. All right, and so uh, it is God's word, amen, that, that, that changes the world, that changes the mind, that changes the heart, that changes the life. It is God through his word, by the glory of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus Christ, through the power of his Holy Spirit is exactly what takes place because Jesus Christ is no longer in the tomb, amen, because he got up, man, all right, and because he is our great God and king, amen, right now, amen. Praise the Lord. And so we are, we're in the middle. We're actually not in the middle. We're, we're, in, we're in no way in the middle of this series going through Luke, right? I mean, we've been going through this thing forever, it seems like. All right? But we're going to be in this book till Jesus comes back, and it's going to be all right. All right? We made it all the way to chapter 6, and we're towards the end of, of one of Jesus' actual, one of his own sermons. Jesus was preaching. All right? Jesus was doing his thing. He was preaching. And people were listening. There was a big old crowd that was gathered around as he was preaching. And out of that crowd were some of his disciples and even 12 dudes that he called his apostles. They were there. And everybody there was benefiting from the words that were coming out of his mouth. Right? And he was just preaching, and, and, and we're at, we're at, we've, been, we've been opening up the scripture. I mean, he just preached it in a few minutes. It's been taking us over a month to kind of go through, right? Praise the Lord. And we can stay here for quite a long time. But we're at, we're, at the, we're, at the, we're at the end of his sermon, his closing remarks. And so um, what, I, what I would like to do is I'm just going to read the sermon, his sermon. And what would it be like if you and I were actually there 2,000 years ago, just, you know, have this really cool robes on, these sick sandals, all right? You know what I mean? He's got some beef jerky in our pocket, and Jesus is just like totally just laying it down. I mean, what would it be like, you know, for us to just be right there listening to him? I think it'd be awesome. I would love to be there. But, but you know what? We have it right here. And we can go there. And so he was. He was kind of hanging out. Now, I'm just going to read it from, from beginning to end. Normally, I ask you guys to stand for stuff like this, all right? And so don't worry about it because it's kind of long, all right? All right. And um, don't judge me. All right, don't make fun of me, ma'am, because you know what? Either you're there or you will be anyways. All right, so praise the Lord. And so, Father, this is your word, amen? Lord God, this is your word, Father God, and, and, and all of us right here, we, we humbly submit underneath your word for your glory, Lord God. Lord God, we're not trying to be on top of your word and trying to just kind of just say this and that, Lord, but we just want to be underneath your word and listen to what you have to say. So guide us for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And he lifted his eyes to his disciples. It's in Luke chapter 6. You can follow along. We'll have it up here. Beginning at 29. It goes all the way to verse 49. I think like that. Something like that. 
He lifted his eyes to his disciples, a big old crowd, but he's talking right to his boys. All right, and actually, some of the disciples actually were not just his apostles, but the disciples were a bunch of men and women that were there. They were just choosing to follow Christ, hardcore. He lifted his eyes to his disciples, those men and women who are just there to, to, to grow in his word. And he said, blessed, blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Spiritually hungry. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you'll be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when, when people hate you, and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy. For behold, your reward is, is great in heaven. And for so your fathers did to the prophets. But whoa, watch out if you distrust in your riches. For you have your reward and your consolation. Watch out if you trust the fact that you already got a full belly, all right? For you shall be hungry. Watch out if you think you're satisfied with life just as it is. Woe to you who laugh now for you. You will mourn and weep. Woe to you when they speak evil of you, when they speak, well, excuse me. Woe to you when they speak well of you, all right? All right, when, you, when, you're, talking about, when, you, when you're talking lies about God, he says, watch out when people are talking well about you for speaking lies about God for they did the same to the false prophets. But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And to the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from the one who takes away your cloak, don't withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from the one who takes away your goods, don't demand them back. And, and, and as you wish that others would do to you, do, do the same to them. As if you love those who, who love you, well, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to give back the same amount. But love your enemies. And do good. Lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Be merciful. Even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you won't be judged. Condemn not, and you won't be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it'll be measured back to you. And he told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? 
A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye and don't notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take that speck out of your eye. Let me take that speck that is in your eye. When you yourself don't see the log that is in your own eye, you you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to take the speck that is in your brother's eye. For no tree, for no good, no good tree bears bad fruit. Nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree, for each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor grapes from ramble bushes. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure in his heart produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on a rock, and when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. And when the stream broke against it, immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. Father, help us hear, Lord God. For your glory, help us hear. Help us listen. In Jesus' name. Amen? So I believe that as Jesus was wrapping up this um, sermon, that there were some questions that were taking place, and I believe they were actually posed throughout this sermon. I think three questions are extremely important. Why did you come here today? Why did you come here today? You see, at that time, there was, he was doing all kinds of healing, and there was all kinds of people coming around, and they wanted to be involved in what he was doing, man. But what, what about you? Why did you come here today? All right? We don't, we don't try to water down Christ around here, man. We're just going to lay it out. Sin is sin, man. It just is. And there's only one Savior. His name is Jesus Christ, the only one who rose from the grave. Why did you come to hear about him today? And another question is, what did you just hear him say right now? What did you you just hear him say? As we just read his words, not my words, not words that we added on, not a sermon that we proposed out of this, or you'll hear some of that, all right? But what did you just hear him say to you? And finally, what are you willing to do to obey? What are you willing to do to obey?
Now, I understand sometimes we, we go and we hear the word of God and we read the word of God and we see it or somebody talks about it or whatever and we don't feel like we're hearing anything. We don't feel like we're hearing nothing. Some of us are like, well, could you read it again now that I have those questions? Right? But I, I think sometimes it's not because it's not being said or it's not being spoken or written or, or read. I think sometimes this has to do the way that we're listening. I was listening to a cat this week. He was talking about how, how God's voice in the scriptures is compared to that, that's, that still small voice, even a whisper. And there's an instance in the Bible where Elijah was just you know, trying to hear from God. And there was all this noise going around. God wasn't in any of the noise. He was in this whisper. And the crazy thing about whispering is this is probably one of the most intimate ways we can communicate Whispering. Because whispering requires you to lean in to get close to the whisperer. You can't communicate with somebody on the other side of the room. Come in a little closer and I'll tell you. All right? You just can't hear it. It requires you to get close, which is actually the intention of the one whispering, amen? And, and God is whispering to us, and why? Just because he doesn't really want us to hear it? No, because he wants us to get close, to incline our heart, to lean in, man, and to hear what he's saying. See, a lot of you are trying to hear God, right? But there's just way too much noise. There's way too much noise in our life. In order to hear his voice, we need to quiet down the, the noise. And sometimes it's the voices around you, and other times it's the noise that we either create or allow in our life. We need to shut it down. Shut down the distractions and listen for the whispers. You see, that's why he said, blessed are those who are poor and hungry and, and hurting. That's why he said, love your enemies. And don't judge. That's why he said get rid of the noise. All right? He's, he's challenging you to lean into what he's saying because it's kind of crazy. Here's what I know. The more that you listen, the more you will hear. And the more you hear, the more you will know his voice. The more you lean in to listen, the more you're going to hear. And the more you hear, the more you're going to know his voice. When, when you lean into his word and you know his word, you know the word of God, you know the voice of God, and you know, because you know his voice, you know the things that, that he would and would not say. There's a true story about this guy named Lex, man. This guy Lex um, uh, lost his sight, complete sight loss at age 10. Couldn't see. Completely blind. But he didn't slow him down. Uh, he loved to run as a kid and he always wanted to keep running and now he couldn't see all right, and believe it or not, by the time he got to high school, he went out for track, joined the track team, and was running track. And you're like, how in the world does a blind guy run track, right? Well, well, Lex had a friend that would run out in front of him before the resurrection, getting ready to start, and at the start, he would stay in front of him, yelling his name, Lex, 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 and Lex would just keep on running because there was a voice he knew he could trust right in front of him, and he would just run for that voice that he knew he could trust. 
And then Lex, all of a sudden, you know, when you, when you, when you run track, when you're, when you're involved in track and field, you get to pick your events. And Lex decided he wanted to do the long jump. <laughs> I'm kidding, man. How are you going to do the long jump? Lex, how are you going to do that? I got my friend. And his friend, what we do, right? You have the, that, 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 that 100 foot stretch of three foot wide pavement. Not pavement, but you know, whatever it is. I think it's made out of Lucky Charms. It's kind of weird if you ever touched it and smell it. Anyways, he had that little thing right there, right? And his friend would square his shoulders up for the sand pit. And he'd run down to the other end on the other side of the sand pit. And he would just yell, fly, 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 fly. And Lex would just take off running, take off running. And he knew how many steps it was actually until he had to, to jump. And he would fly. He got so good that he actually went out for the, um, what was it called, the U.S. Para, paralytic, um, what, what is it called? Somebody knows exactly what I'm trying to say. Paralympic team, the U.S. Paralympic team. He went out and he won. He won. Because he always knew he had that voice that he could trust. And he always acted on that voice that he could trust. I look at this, I'm thinking, what about me, man? Whose voice do I trust more? Because I know God is out in front of me. He's just yelling, Ernie, 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 Ernie. <laughs> I'm like, wait, are you my mom or you got that? Ernie. But I'm going to ask you real quickly, man. I mean, what about you? Whose voice do you trust most? Yours or His? Let's check it out, man. Jesus is finishing his sermon right here in, uh, in Luke chapter 6. And we'll catch up with him right here in verse 43. He's finishing his sermon here for now, right? Because Jesus is, is continuing. And he says, look at it, he says, no good tree bears bad fruit, and nor again does a bad tree bear Good fruit, for each tree is known by its fruit. For figs are not gathered from thorn brushes, uh, bushes, nor grapes picked from a bramble bush. He says, you're going to know a tree by, its, by the fruit that it produces. Now, uh, Debbie and I, when we, when we, when we go on, uh, when we go out of town and we're traveling around, we go through you know, country and produce is happening. You ever do this? You ever try to guess what it is that's growing? And he's, I'm no good at that. I'm, Debbie is like nails it every time. I'm just not good at that. I'm like, I don't know. That looks like a peach tree. She goes, um, it's cotton. All right. I'm like, okay, but I don't know. All right. I need, I need to see the fruit. All right. I need to see the fruit. All right. And so, but, but, but fruit is, is the culture that you bring. It's literally the culture that you engage with, and it's the culture all right, that you bring to that culture you're engaging with. And you're like, what, what do you mean by culture? But culture is simply put, the, the way that we think, all right, the way that we, that we act, the way that we speak, and the things that we create and the creations that we celebrate, the art that we enjoy and the art that we create. It's all involved in our culture. It's the fruit that we, that we, that we, that we, that we produce and the fruit that we engage with. What kind of fruit? Jesus is challenging us to a question here. You see, we want to be fruit inspectors of everybody else. We love sitting there like, okay, wait a second, all right. 
That looks like a really jealous person. Mm, jealousy. All right. <laughs> that looks like, you know, really. We want to, but he's telling us right here, inspect your fruit, your own. What kind of fruit are you producing? And we, I have a bunch of tests through this sermon, just little questions that you can ask that might be helpful. What kind of fruit are you producing? How can you tell? Let me ask you this. Why, why are people glad to see you? What do you bring to the table when you show up? When you come into the house, they're like, oh, yeah, you're totally here. All right? What is it that you bring that they're really wanting to see from you? Because they're waiting. They're glad to see you because of your fruit. And so what are, they, what are they happy to see, man, when you roll into the door, like, oh, man, it's a good thing you're here. What about your family, all right? Why is your family more content when you're around? What kind of fruit are you bringing? Is it just dollars? Is it because, you know, you make it rain? Well, that's not my house, all right? But what are you bringing? What are you bringing to the table? You think maybe, you know, maybe it's because you're really good at making tacos and, like, I can't wait, you know what I mean? I, you know, you, you, or, or whatever the case may be. What is it that you bring to your family that actually provides contentment? and strengthening, and confidence. What are they confident in when they know that you're there? What about this question? Are you avoided or sought out when people are just going through it? When people are going through some craziness in their life, man, are you avoided or are you sought out? Do people look for you because they're going through it? I mean, if you're a Christ follower, right? If you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, all right? You have some to, answers to some of life's most difficult questions and some of life's greatest, hardest, most craziest struggles. Dude, what is that thing crawling right there, man? It's heading right for you. All right, sorry, guys. I got to save some people right here. Ugh. All right? <laughs> It's one of those things they call children of the earth, all right? What kind of bug is that? I mean, God created a lot of bugs, man, but I don't think that one was supposed to be here right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, keep them in your pocket, all right? So, sorry, I just, I, just didn't, I just saw three amazing ladies sitting right here, and the thing was just heading right towards them, all right? Like, like what do you got? And it's like, let's get rid of that thing quickly. Right? You know what I mean? When, when, they're look, when, when they're going through it, man, do they look for you because they know that you might have some answers to the craziness that's going on in their life? What kind of fruit are you producing? Remember, he says, no, 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 no good tree bears bad fruit, no bad tree bears good fruit. Trees are known by its fruit. What kind of culture do you bring? What do you, you know, how you think and, and speak and act and behave and... and, and uh, and create. What do you create, man? What, what, kind of, what kind of art do you celebrate, man? Where, where, where are you at on this? What kind of fruit do you bring? See, the thing about fruit is it takes a while, right? Sometimes uh, to reveal itself. It doesn't always just show up. Sometimes it does. And so a lot of times it doesn't show up when you expect it to. But one thing I know for sure, one thing I know for sure is that, is that, that a fruit tree, <laughs> the fruit that a tree bears, all right, is never really for itself all the time. I've never seen an apple tree bake apple pie. I've just never seen it happen. All right? You know, uh, I've never seen a cactus plant just poke itself and just be like, oh, man, I hate these things. <laughs> you just never see it, right? I'm just telling the truth, man. I mean, but like a fruit, it, 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 always, it is always projected. It always comes out on or for with people. 
You know what I mean? And so, so what kind of fruit are you producing? It's never just for yourself. It's never just for the tree alone. You may be a, a Bible scholar. Maybe you're very, 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 you know, just satisfied in this. You know your Bible extremely well, and you're so awesome at it. And I love the fact that you love the Word of God that much. But I got to ask you a question. Do the people you know, do they care? Do the people you care about care that you know the Word of God so much? Do the people who, around you who don't know what a biblical worldview is, do they ask you to show them? You may be a consistent churchgoer or church attender or partner of the church, which is amazing, another amazing thing. But, but, but do the people that you don't, that, 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 aren't, that you know that are not churchgoers or church attenders or part of the church or, or the church, or are they the church? The, the people that aren't, do they want to be just because of the way they see you interact with them? You might be a very honest skeptic here today. Maybe you're just here because you're just asking questions, man, and you're trying to figure this thing out. Well, are you willing to ask the right people the right questions? And are willing to share your answers with the people you might know that might be on that same journey. A fruit tree, the fruit that it bears never is really for its own good. The point is to take a good look at yourself, man, just to check your fruit. I like to ask this question in a lot of situations, and it's a very simple question. Is my life helping? Is it hurting? Or is it hiding? That's another sermon, another time, man. But I mean, think about it. In the context of my family, is my life helping? Is it, am I hurting my family? Or am I hiding from my family? In the context of my friends, is my life helping my friends? Is it hurting my friends? Or is it hiding from my friends? In the context of my workplace, in the world, or wherever I go, man, is my life helping? Is it hurting or is it hiding? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, he says, examine yourselves to see whether you're in the faith. Test yourselves. Or do you not realize this about yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you. Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's exactly what he's saying. It's getting heavy, right? The word of God is just, it, 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 it's, 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 it's the word of God. And it's amazing and it's a blessing. But again, why, why are you here today? What are you hearing him say? And what are you willing to do to obey? I mean, we actually released that little bug from underneath there because we knew it would get heavy. We needed something to lighten it up. So anyways, I just calm down a little bit. All right? We have a few more down there we're going to release in the next service. Anyways, just kidding. <laughs> What's freaking me out is I think it's still on the bottom of my shoe because I don't see it on the floor there no more. And I was kind of walking around with this dead bug on the bottom of my shoe, man. All right? <laughs> Luke chapter 6, he says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth 
speaks. This is such a huge thing that Jesus is saying here. And we could spend a week on this thing. But I love the way that Pastor Justin, he summed it up for us when we were talking about this the other day. He says a lot of our words reveal actually who we are. Think about it in this progression. We, we talk a lot about what we think about, right? We talk a lot about what we think about. And we think about a lot about what we love. And who we love, who or what we worship a lot, right? And so, in essence, our heart is revealing, our mouth is revealing our worship. Because we talk a lot about what we're always thinking about. And we think a lot about those things that we love that are deep in our heart, right? And we love, right, our worship. We love what we, who or what we worship. So often our mouth is revealing our worship. Let me ask you this. What do your words reveal about you? What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? What do they reveal about you? Who do your words point to the most? Because these questions right here and this progression will most likely reveal who or what you truly worship. Matthew 12, 23, Jesus later on starts talking, and he's talking in the same idea of, of good tree and bad fruit, uh, good fruit and stuff like that. And he says this, either make the tree good. Now he's, he's telling, this is your responsibility because a bad tree doesn't always have to be a bad tree. Hello, living testimony, all right? But a good tree doesn't always, isn't always gonna be a good tree. I've seen good people who didn't, who didn't end well, all right? And, and, uh, and the same. So he says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or make the tree bad and it's fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. And he goes on to repeat what we just got through talking about. But then he gets to this. Look what he says right here in verse 36 of Matthew 12. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. I'm going to get back now because he said that. That's, Jesus said that. You got a problem with that? Well, this sounds very judgmental. You know, talk to him, man. This is what he said. Look what else he said. For by your words, <laughs> you'll be justified, and by your words, you'll be condemned. Let me read that again, man. On the day of judgment, people will give an account. He's, not, he's talking about everybody. All right, we'll give an account. And I'm, man, you don't understand. <laughs> this is huge. This is so hard, man, but it's hardcore. Just, I got to tell you this because I love you. All right? I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. So I have to ask you a question. How well do you use your words? How well do you use your words, man? Look what he, he goes on with people using their words. Verse 46, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Why are, we, why are we letting these, these great titles of honor and prestige come out of our mouth, all right, of honor and respect, and then just ignore what he said? I'm going to tell you right now, man. Oh, <laughs> I'm telling you this because I love you. Remember this, please, all right? I'm telling you this because I love you. Yeah, and I've been that guy, all right? And so, so no matter how emotional you get, all right, with Jesus in a service or anywhere else, if your life lacks obedience, your life lacks substance, it's missing the reality of Jesus Christ. There I said it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. 
Come on, man. I'm telling you this again because I love you. And he's, he's, this is the word of God. He's saying these things about our words and about, you know, just, just a tree and good fruit and bad fruit. He's telling us to check ourselves, man. And this is a big deal. So I've been the guy, man, that hit the wall so hard. I remember when I'd be cruising around with my boys, man. Back in the day, we'd be just kind of just doing our thing. Just be blasting our music. We'd be getting high in the car and everything would be going on. And this is weird, man. I'm not even kidding. This is to my shame, I'm telling you this. And we'd be rolling, man, all kind of, you know, and then all of a sudden we pass by like a church. I see a big church or something. I'd be like, oh, hey, man, hold on, guys. Turn down the music. <laughs> put, put that down. Put that down. Don't, 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 don't be tipping nothing right now. Hold on. And we get past the church. All right, turn it up, man. Boom. You know what I mean? And it was just crazy. It was, but, but, but what was crazy is Proverbs 15, you know, thinking that we're doing some kind of service, some kind of sacrifice, some kind of, oh, yeah, you know what I mean, for God. And basically, Proverbs 15, 8 says, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is acceptable to him. I want to challenge you, man. You know what I mean? If you come into service or you're thinking that, you know what, we're just getting some points. I remember I saw, what was that, that movie? Uh, uh, anyways, one movie that that guy thought he got points just for reading the Bible, even though he couldn't read. He says, you get points just for opening it. I was like, I don't think that's the case, man. I want to challenge you. Paying your respects to the Lord while refusing to obey him is no respect at all. You're like, dang, I knew I should have stayed at home today. Give me the keys. <laughs> he goes on, everyone, now here it is, man. This is the big part. <laughs> we got like 10 seconds left. All right, here's the big part, right? And this is it. Verse 47 is huge. And I don't think we, we realize it. He says, everyone who comes to me, huge. And here's my boys. Here's my words. Here's my words. And does them. I'm going to show you what he's like. We can't miss the progression. Remember, remember, why did you come here today? All right, who comes to me? What did you hear him say? Here's my words. What are you willing to do to obey? And does them. We have to keep those questions fresh in our life. And alive in us. Why did you come? Why, how, are you, how did you grow? And what's it going to look like when you go? Everyone who comes to me, hears my words, does them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep, laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against the house and could not shake it because it had been well built. You know what? Either life has hit you hard, life is hitting you hard, or life is going to hit you hard. Regardless, all right, my question is, how will you stand and how will you know that you're standing? He said, right now, in this whole room right now, man, it is story after story how life hit hard. And because of their foundation in Christ, they're still standing for his glory. We don't have all our questions answered. We're not quite sure why this happened or that happened or what's really going on with this or where we at on that one, God, kind of thing. But, you know, we're either going to trust him or we're not. And, and there are so many stories in this room where they said, you know what? I've decided to trust God with the things that I cannot explain. But why, what, what makes it easy to trust God with the things you cannot explain when you trust him with what he already said? 
All right, if you, if you dig into what he has said and to what he is saying, he will prepare you for what you, you, the things that you don't understand. It'll get you ready to stand. But the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. A lot of people were listening to Jesus but didn't hear a word he said. Please do not let that be you. This young girl, Gabrielle Odom, I love listening to her. She's maybe, I don't know, she's about that big and she's probably about 20-something years old. She's just an amazing young woman of God and just a great speaker and preacher and teacher. She's amazing. But I just want to quote her. She says, and she just said this to her generation, this, this, uh, her generation, the 20s and uh, teen and 20-something generation. She says, as followers of Christ, here's what she said to her generation, and I believe this is for all generations. As followers of Jesus Christ, the word of God ought to have a reserved seat of supreme authority in our lives. As followers of Jesus Christ, the word of God ought to have a reserved seat of supreme authority in our lives. You know, there's a generation coming up around us right now, and it might be the generation you're a part of, is that teen and 20-something generation. And it's estimated that only 4% of them have a biblical worldview. Know what the Word of God has a foundation for truth and direction. That means that 96% do not. And if this is your, if, if this is your generation I'm speaking to, these are your friends. Man, if, either that or it's our kids. Regardless, you may be the only Bible that they're reading right now. I'm going to open it first. There we go. <laughs> I was real cool on that last sentence. And, oh, never mind. Let's go back to that moment where that didn't happen. Okay, remember? I had to sketch that out of the way. You might be the only Bible that they're reading right now. There's so much truth to that. Because you're in the Word, and you're hearing the Word. So what are you going to do about that? I want to challenge you just three things, and we've been, we've, been, we've been talking about this, and you just got to answer three questions, and I want you to keep these three questions alive in your life. Why am I really here today? Why am I here today? Why am I even here, number one? I want you to come to God. And every time you come before the Lord, whether you're in this building, whether you're at home at your desk or at work or on your porch or out walking in the woods, wherever you're at, when you're with God, I want you to ask that question. Why am I, why am I, why am I here really with you? Why am I actually really here with you? Why did I come to you? Why am I talking to you? Why am I even in this prayer with you? Ask that question of yourself. You have the answer. 
And number two, I want you to, to, to grow. What does it look like to grow? What, what did he say to me today as I opened up his word, all right? As I came and listened to his word, as I was having a conversation with a friend through his word, what did he say to me today? How am I growing in that? You see, if God's going to talk to you, if the creator of time and space and the universe and the very blood that's going through your veins, man, and the air that you're breathing in that nobody put a down payment on, if he's speaking to you, if that very God is speaking to you, shouldn't you be taking notes? Shouldn't you be kind of asking the question, okay, okay, I need to do something about that. Because I guarantee you, every time God talks to me, I know I don't exactly look like the picture he's given me. And there's some adjustments that I need to make. Areas I need to grow. Why am I here today? Come to God. Why am I here today? Number two, grow. What did he say to me? And finally, number three, go. What will I do about it? And when am I going to do it? You need to ask yourself that question and do not leave until you give yourself an answer. Do not leave from that moment. Amen? And if God isn't saying anything to you right now, it's probably because he's still waiting for you to obey the last thing he told you. So maybe we'll go back to that. Here's what I want you to read this week, all right? Check this out. Here it is. Here's what we, we, we kind of gone through. This is the scripture we've gone through, all right? We've gone through Luke and Corinthians and Matthew and Proverbs, all right? What I want you to do, all right, take a picture of this scripture, write it down. If you can write it real fast, whatever the case may be, check our work, man. I don't just believe it because we did a really good job presenting it or we did an okay job presenting it or whatever the case may be. Check our work. Open up the scriptures and actually see what is God saying to you. We're going to give this to you every week. Check our work and then check your work and always trust his work, amen? We're gonna this lead through this song and I, and I think this song that we're gonna be in right now is a declaration, all right? It's called Say the Word. And there's a line in this song and, and it says, that my soul will hang on every word you say. And so, as we bring the lights down right now, all right, and as you think that's your time to boogie out of here, it's not, because God's not done talking. I want you to challenge you those questions. Why am I here today, really? What did I hear him say? And what am I willing to do about that? Well, I'm just going to give you just a couple of minutes opportunity to engage with that as we sing together. Amen. Praise the Lord. 